house, uh, Augustus not with us this morning, and uh, I was asked by God if I to be the bring message before you today. So let's open up this morning in prayer. Pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for for your word. We thank you for this band up here this morning to bring the songs before before you in worship. And, uh, Lord, we pray over this morning. We pray over Ernesto this morning as he uh, is speaking at Brighton Lord. We pray over this message. We pray for uh, Pastor John as he's over at the other location today, Lord. We just want to hear from you this morning. Lord, Holy Spirit, we pray that you can fill our hearts with your word. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Alright, many of you don't know me yet. Uh, my name is James Klaus. Uh, I've got the crazy tall blonde that's running around here at the service every week. She's nuts. Her name's Orlai. She's, uh, she's always running everywhere with Lena. Uh, so if you see her, that's our daughter, Orlai. I have no idea where she gets her height from. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm 6'8", and so uh, she's already beat my wife in height and shoe size, so she's a lot. It's, it's not going to take too much longer for her to catch up to me. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I want to be as tall as you. I'm like, honey, no, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm 6'8", it's hard enough for me to find clothes, let alone a girl find clothes at 6'8". So, no, no, you don't. So today, in our readings this week, we've been talking about Job, right? We've been in the book of Job. If you do not have uh, the scripture readings that we're doing every week as a church, uh, get one next week, because I don't think we have any here this week. <laughs> uh, but you can also sign up for the app uh, on our website at Twin City Church. You can sign up there uh, to follow along in what we are doing every single week, what we are preaching on, or uh, what we're reading about, is all on the website at Twin City Church. So this week we've been in the book of Job. And so when I heard uh, from Ernesto that I had been tasked with the book of Job, I said, hey, yeah, what part? <laughs> if you've never read the book of Job before, if you have, it's, uh, it's long. It's, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about pain and suffering. So my question to you today, church, is, have you experienced suffering? Do you know suffering? Personally, in your life, have you experienced it? Do you know it? Has it been there? For, hopefully, the majority of us, that answer is yes. Because in life, we do experience suffering. We all experience pain. We all go through it. To what degree of suffering is all different for all of us. However, we all experience it. In my own life, we experience suffering. I grew up in a house that dealt with abuse, that dealt with alcoholism. As a kid, I have, mem I have memories as an adult when I was a kid that uh, going through abuse, going through suffering as a 7-year-old, as, as an 11-year-old, as a 15-year-old, I experienced it. As an adult, I experienced pain, I experienced suffering. Some pain brought on by myself, by my own will. 
a lot of suffering that I've experienced has just been because that's a part of life. But I've experienced it. But there are not many people in this world who have experienced pain as much as Job has. So that's where we're going to start this morning in Job chapter 1, 1 through 5. So if you have your Bibles open up, if we don't have the screens today, uh, if you weren't here when John uh, mentioned it, everything's gone. We started moving things over to the other location. So next week, 11 o'clock. Alright? Next week, 11. I'm sure he'll come up and say that again as well. But those screens today, so I'll just read it. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Job chapter 1. And we're going to read 1 through 5. Says this. There was a man in the country of us named Job. He was a man of complete integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. His estate included 7,000 sheep and goats, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke oxen, 500 female donkeys and a very large number of servants. Job was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns having banquets at their homes. They would send an invitation to their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Whenever a round of banqueting was over, Job would send for his children and purify them, rising early in the morning to offer burnt offerings for all of them. For Job thought, perhaps, my children have sinned, having cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So, we're going to start there. Job was a good man. He was good in the eyes of the Lord. He was so good that when his children would get together for banquets, he'd say, well, perhaps, just maybe, they might have sinned against the Lord when they were all together. So, just in case, I'm going to go ahead and offer some offerings for them. This is a good man. This is a great man. A godly man. But then, if you read this chapter, if you read how bad things happen, pain happened, suffering happened, it goes on to say that servant after servant came into his house and saying, your, all your livestock was taken or killed. All your land was burnt. The last servant to come in says, while your children were banqueting together, a great wind came and knocked out the house of your children died. That's suffering. That's pain. You imagine having the whole world, having servants, having the, having the land, having the livestock, having all of this, all of these riches, and the amazing children, and then just like a snap, taken away. It's taken away. And then it even goes further. Where harm starts coming out to Job himself. And at some point in the book of Job, it says this it says that Job was sitting down and taking clay shards and trying to scrape the boils off the skin. 
That's pain. That's suffering. So much so that his wife even says, are you still serving God? Just curse God and die. His own wife said it. That's pain. And that's suffering. So, my question is this. Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm sure you've thought it yourself, haven't you? I'm a good person. I do good things. I go to church. I serve. I play music for, for God. Why do bad things happen? I'm a good person. I've done good things. Well, that's a hard, hard question to answer. And even through the book of Job, Job started asking that same question. Yeah, he never lost his faith in God. But he did question why this is all happening to him. He questioned it. He questioned on uh, all through the book. He was like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And his friends are offering advice to the book of Job. And he's like, I've done none of those things. I, I haven't done anything to for God to, to warrant this, these bad things happening in my life. Why is it happening? So Job started asking the same question in chapter 3 from most of the story of Job. Well, church, this answer to this question is uh, not necessarily what we want to hear. You ever have one of those questions in life where like, you have a question and you get the an answer and you're like, I don't want to hear that. Our daughter, when we were living in Georgia, um, have you ever been to cookout? Anybody ever been to cookout before? Oh yeah, cookout's fantastic. If you've never been to cookout, you get a good boost enough. Go to cookout. It's like the cheap place to go after church on Sunday. And they're open on Sundays. Alright. Uh, you get like a you get a quesadilla and, and uh, hush puppies and a hot dog and, and all this food and they drink for like $5.99. It's crazy. Alright, there's my there's my free ad to cookout, so if you're watching, I'll take a check. Alright. <laughs> Alright, but so one day after church, we're like, no. We're just gonna go home for lunch today, you know, we're just gonna make some sandwiches or whatever. And our daughter was what, three at the time? She in the back seat in her car seat just starts wheeling. I don't wanna go We have this on video. It's fantastic, just wailing. I don't wanna go to She got the answer that she didn't want to hear. And so we ended up going. You went to go. But a lot of times as people, we're like, why? Or how come? Or we start saying, with what? But I don't want to hear that. Why is that that way? How come? Well, let's flip all the way over to Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 and 40 verse 7. Well, here's the Lord's answer. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do we suffer? Well, let's hear from the Lord. The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when 
when I established the earth. Tell me if you have understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched the measuring line across it? What supports its foundations? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb? And let's skip over to 40, verse 7. God is also speaking here and says, Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Now this guy is a good guy. 
the story with the problem with this with this show is it kind of humanizes the lines a little bit, so you don't get so angry with them when they're doing that. But to get a in the first episode, uh, the first preseason game, he's out there, he's playing, and he drops the ball, he drops the snap. Instead of shouting out first words or they're shouting out against himself, he says, "Dad, got it." He's not, just, he's not rejoicing in his afflictions or in his suffering or in his pain or in his mistakes. Romans chapter 3, verse 5, or 5, verse 3. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So let's go through that passage a little bit. Romans 5, 3 through 5 is one of my favorite passages because it tells me how to deal with the pain in my life. It shows me how to deal with the suffering in my life when I'm going through trials, when I'm going through issues with my family, when I'm going through issues with my job, where I'm just experiencing pain altogether in this world. This shows me how to deal with it. Step by step, affliction, suffering, pain. If you go through it, if you go through it correctly, guess what? It'll produce endurance. Ricky, you ran in a race yesterday. You need some of that endurance, didn't you? What does that look like? It looks like you're being able to go further and further and further, right? It, it, it allows you to take that next step. In life, church, when do we experience afflictions? When do we experience pain and suffering? If we get through it, if we allow God to work through those issues in our lives, to work through that pain, to work through that suffering, to work through those addictions, if we let Him work in our lives through those things and we get through it, that allows us to have endurance to keep going on in life. To take that next step and say, I'm going to keep following God. I'm going to take that next step in my faith. I am going to, to walk further in my faith, to walk further in my life with God. It allows us in our own lives to make that next step and say, I'm going to get through this addiction. I'm going to get through this trial. I'm going to get through this pain and suffering. That next step, that endurance of life to make that keeps you going. We've all had those times, guys, where we just want to stop and say, I don't want to do it anymore. I've had enough. But if we allow God to work through our pain and suffering and give it to Him, and say, God, take this pain, take this afflictions, take these sufferings away from me, teach me something through it, church, it's only going to create endurance in us to help us keep going in life. And through this endurance, what that produces, according to Romans chapter 5, is character. Who I am as a person. Who God has created me to be. A few years ago, church, I had some pain and suffering in my life. Some things came across my famous life that happened that hurt us. But starting tomorrow, 
I get to be the new principal at Sandpoint Christian Church because God has produced this for me. And I'm so excited that I made it through that trial, I made it through that suffering in my life, that pain that a lot of it was created by, my, by myself, and the self-pity that I allowed to, to fester in my heart. But I got through it and told God that I am letting you please help me through this pain, help me through this suffering, help me get past this self-pity in my life. And produce the endurance to keep going and the work of God for the last couple of years. I did not want to work. But now, he's blessed me to do something to study tomorrow that I could have never thought would, would be imaginable. This endurance is going to create character, us as, character in us and who we are as a Christian, who we are as, as a person. You know, I always, you had the abuse I told you about, that alcoholism I told you about, that I dealt with as a child. I am a better father and husband than my dad ever was to me. Because it has produced the character in my life to be that man, to be that husband, to be that father, to be that Christian. That's character. That is character. That's who you become. That's who you are. I made a promise to my wife very early on. I will never, ever be drunk. Because I didn't want to become that person. So that pain and suffering that I experienced in my life, that produced character now. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Believe me. But it's allowed me to talk to many, many students in my life to help them get through similar issues. I got through it, created endurance, and created character in me. So church, when we're experiencing pain, when we're experiencing suffering, endure through it. It produces the character, which most of all creates hope. It creates a hope in my life. Hope in Christ is what we hold on to as Christians. What is hope? I looked up the definition of hope and similar words that went along with it. Here's just a few words that go along with the word hope. Optimism. Expectation. Expectancy. Confidence. Faith. Trust. Belief. Conviction. Assurance. Knowing that no matter what happens in life, good is coming. As a Christian, I know the end. I know how the story ends. It's good. And Christians, we already know the good is your coming. Church, if you have Christ in your life, He's already here. Good is already here. By having Christ in my life, by becoming a Christian, I know that I don't have to deal with this pain and suffering alone. I don't have to deal with these reflections by myself. The Christ is right there with me to help me through it. Good is already here. But we also know the end of the story. Good is coming. So even at the end of Job, he recognizes what God is saying. Repents 
has given more blessings than he had before. Now, church, I'm not going to come out here and say, when you get through all of this in your life, when you get through the pain, when you get through the suffering, you've created endurance in your life, and you've created a proven character in your life, and you, and you have that hope that all good things are going to come. That's not what Christianity is about. This is this old Christian movie that uh, I, I, everybody seemed to love when it came out. And so I watched it. And it's this coach who a ton of bad things are happening in his life. So if there's a ton of stuff going on and this bad after bad after bad after bad, pain and suffering. And when he becomes a Christian, everything gets better. He's given a new truck, he's given a new job, and all the new money, and all this other stuff. Church, I'm not going to come out here and say that when you become a Christian, everything's going to get better. And we get re rewarded double of everything we had before. It's not what it's about. What it's about is the hope that you've secured in your heart. It's the hope that's been secured in your life. That's what it's about. To be able to look forward and say, I have hope for what is coming next. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, Father, for the, for the hope that we have. Lord, in my own life, I am so thankful for the character you've produced in me, for the endurance, for the hope that have been given. Lord, I pray for anybody that might be here today or anybody listening online that they don't know you if they don't know you, Lord. And they're trying to deal with pain in their life and afflictions and suffering in their own, by their, on their own, Lord. They reach out to somebody just get to know you. Lord, because there's so much pain, there's so much suffering, Lord, that I would not have been able to get through without you in my life. So, Lord, if there's anybody here listening, I pray that they seek your face. Lord, this answer that you've given to us of where was I when you created the world, it's not an easy answer. Lord, but I do thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. To be able to get through these afflictions, to get through this suffering, to get through this pain. Lord, we thank you for the story of Job. We thank you for this example of pain in your word. Help us to learn from the Lord. Thank you. 
that's all I got. And uh, no music to go out to, so <laughs> see everybody next Sunday at 11. 11. 11.